and change people's lives. I've seen um, a lot of people like young kids, 19, 20, 21, even younger, make like 50,000 in one I week. I saw a kid make 200K from a, a JPEG. Yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. It's insane. Welcome to the second episode of the UQL podcast. I'm excited to be back here providing an insight into a bunch of incredibly and unique individuals who are pushing the scope of life. On today's episode, we have another great brother of mine. His name is Nelson Oka. Thank you, bro. Thanks for taking me here. Thank you. Thank you. Nelson is someone I know a lot of us boys look up to as someone who has pushed himself to be better every day and he makes necessary sacrifices not everyone will understand in the moment. But he himself knows these sacrifices will play a huge part in creating the future he envisions for himself. I appreciate that, man. Yes, sir. I've always seen you as an entrepreneur. All the boys have always seen you as an entrepreneur. Tell me what defines the term entrepreneurship for you. Um, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship for me, man. It's just really, I guess, just um, risking it all the time. Trying to aim to better yourself uh i guess just pushing the boundaries yep um and always yeah just trying new things trying to keep going until you succeed in one thing yeah sums it up for me nice nice i'll chuck you straight in there yeah. got to ask how you're doing nelson how I'm are good. you i'm good i'm good man i'm good <laughs> lockdown's a bit crazy but yeah no, i'm doing good yeah still be aiming to focus during all this yeah i think uh actually my work ethic's gone up since lockdown which yeah. is good um, just maintain the strong, strong work, keep it going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Lockdown has been a, I guess a really big curse in a way to some people, but it's also been a blessing to the people who have taken advantage of it. Yeah, for sure. Kids. Blessing yeah. in disguise, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Depending on how you use your time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Let's go back to being an entrepreneur. What drives you to lead a life that sometimes is defined as a life that's unorthodox? What, what drives you to be an entrepreneur? I think, um... Just working nine to five, man. That's that's one thing that I just I just don't want to do. I don't see myself doing, and really like being financially free. Like that's my one of my biggest goals in life is to be financially free. Mm. Um, I've always pushed for that, and I think because my dad as well, he's always had a business. He's always had that entrepreneurship type side to him. Yep. I've sort of seen that. Like he's been my role model, and uh, yeah, I've just tried to replicate that. I guess you know, he's shown me like so many things are possible with business and with just entrepreneurship in general that um yeah i've always wanted to follow in his footsteps and be financially free i guess for myself yeah like doing your own thing yeah i think yeah relying. just freedom in general not even just financially but freedom like be my own boss live on my own terms that that's that's for me that's what yeah. i want to do you know yeah living living life in your own time exactly instead of using your time to further someone else's business exactly that's yeah. that's one thing yeah no i've really been thinking about lately is like working a job it works for some people and you need people to work jobs right but yeah. um for me I, I just feel like it's selling my time you know when you can be doing something to like make your own money or or Checks, yeah you know live your own free life yeah so i mean yeah that's why i think i really try grind as much as i can try to you know or become an entrepreneur is so that I can, yeah, be free. That's, yeah. that's my thing. Nice. Speaking of being free, we've we've got some news for you guys that Nelson Oka has quit his job this week. He's not a yes, job. Yes, that's right. Just uh, quit last week. So I'm on my last uh, two weeks now. I think I've got like 
six shifts left and um yeah done gonna be full full-time entrepreneur now That's it's crazy. exciting yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm sure everyone will probably want to know what businesses have you ventured in so far that's allowed you to take that nine to five job and throw it out mm. i think the main two that i have at the moment is just my first is my sneaker store i have an online sneaker store called trilogy kicks um and i've been doing that since last year that's really started to take off uh, i've been very lucky in that sense especially during lockdown you know everyone online sales everyone wants to buy 100 yeah. everyone wants to buy things um and then also some investments more you know in particular like crypto cryptocurrency nfts and that's really helped me take this step to you know quit my job and then start my start my journey yeah that's crazy what have you learned from these experiences running these different types of self-run businesses um well it's definitely not my first you know like mm. i remember yeah i had the yeah. clothing brand as well the trilogy streetwear that went um that was a long time in the making like i think i started that four or five years ago started that was a really big journey you know i think it was my first proper business experience having to learn about how manufacturing works you know invoices orders all that stuff and that was probably my first biggest failure like you know my first one when i was 16 tried to drop t-shirts and things like that and it didn't really pop off and then i had to rethink my approach i relaunched it like last year and that was my first taste of success i sold mm. out some hoodies that i released in like one or two weeks you know all the boys copped all the boys helped yes sir yeah supported yeah. and um yeah just a just a lot of different things i've done recently even in the past flipping things on gumtree ebay online sales stock trading what motivated just, you to do that start flipping it was just um just it goes back to you know entrepreneurship and wanting to be my own boss yeah yeah i've always wanted to reach financial freedom um so yeah i've just looked for different ways you know you see a lot of things all the time they say like teens making ten thousand dollars a month yeah depending on how true it is or not but you know it is possible yeah. and um I've always strived for that. And now I think I'm finally starting to get a bit of that, you know, taste a bit of that success. So it's mm. great. I think it's like, uh, it's a good addiction in a way where once you taste that winning feeling, you don't really care how much, how many times you fail because you know, eventually something's going to succeed. Yeah, exactly. Like one thing as well that I've learned recently is like when you achieve something, you get a new level of confidence. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. I've, for instance, there was one day, Think earlier this year just one of the um a big order i had for shoes actually it was like a bulk deal one of my biggest bulk deals i did and i think the total order was around six thousand dollars and i closed it within like maybe two to three days and so it's so i was still working at my job at coles mm. um and so it just gave me this confidence that like you know i did that myself with no one's help all by myself, I was able to make an order for $6,000, which is crazy, yeah. you know? But now I just feel confident that, you know, if anything ever went wrong, I can always make money. I just have this confidence in myself that I always find a way, you know, that I can make money for myself. You've got that drive now. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's completely, it's eye-opening, you know? Mm. I didn't think about it like that before, but now I just see it as different levels. Like you pass level one, level two, make this much money, keep going. So, yeah. Uh that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, question I asked Kobe and I really wanted to ask you as well was, how do you set 
short-term goals, medium-term goals, and long-term goals for yourself? Mm. And how do you know when you hit them? Like, how do you really know when you hit them? Mm. That's a great question. Um, goals, goals for a long time when I was younger, I, I didn't really write goals. I didn't really... Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, I don't know. I feel like most people, when they first, you know, adult tells you or your parents tell you, you know, write goals, write goals. It's like, oh man, goals don't really won't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, or writing them out, you know, what's the point? Like, I'll just, I'll just do the work now. But um, yeah, my dad always told me, you know, you should write out your goals, you should vocalize it, you should tell people, you know, it's part of, you know, um, the law of attraction and like pulling things towards you. But I didn't understand that. And then I think one day he just sort of, he's like, Nelson, right, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna write our goals. Like, if you wanna be serious about this business stuff, you wanna be serious about uh, reaching financial freedom, you're gonna sit down, we'll, we'll make a plan for you. I think this was like 2016 and mm. I put I put down like, um, you know, have $5,000 in my bank account, like save up that, uh, buy a first car, buy a house, buy a 20. Just these different things that at the time I was like, oh man, these are so big, such big goals. Mm. But um, I still have that book today. And like it says 2016, all these things I want to do. I was also playing tennis at the time. So yeah. I had my tennis goals. Um, but yeah, really coming back to the question really it's my dad that pushed me to you know do goals yeah. um every year i try to do my yearly goals what i want to achieve um and then i also revisit them if i've already achieved it just go back to it and push it do a, do a longer goal do a harder goal um and i have my my three year and my five year goals and then also my life goal you know 100 yeah and you're slowly chipping at them as you move along of course. You hit those short-term goals. You, I've noticed you chip them. You chip it away and you go towards your medium-term goals and you readjust. Yeah. And then medium-term goals start becoming your short-term goals. 100%. And you've got to reset and you've got to re- yeah. re-log the whole thing. And all of the goals combined together, you know, should let you get to your or, or get you closer to your life goal. Exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. what, yeah, that's what I think, um, that's why I think writing goals is so important. Mm. You need to know what you want. If, you, if you're chasing something, you need to go for it, but you need to know what direction you're going and you need a plan. Yeah, that's why I think goals are really important. Exactly, because you don't want to be scribbling around in circles, you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. And going back to A, without even realizing you went back to A, because you, you, you might feel like you're going A, B, C, D, E. You might think, oh, yeah, I'm going towards Z, but then you go all the way back to A. Yeah. Without realizing you, you need to set those goals to know which hundred you're going to. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think intention is so important. Mm. Um, like for a while, I was, I was doing just different things, uh, trying different you know uh, businesses or, or ways to make money investments i didn't really have an intention behind it. i didn't really have a goal of i want to make this much or i need this much um, or i want to impact this amount of people by doing this um, but then when i did end up writing a goal and it, it started to become clearer you know what i mean and it also became a way that i could go all right i could look back and be like this is my goal i've 50 percent done it and give me a bit of confidence to keep going yeah yeah, so intention's important. Nice, because the goals keep you aligned with, sort of motivates you to keep going. Yeah, 100%. You see you hitting them as well. Yeah. 100%, yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. As you know, the podcast name UQR, Unqualified, Qualified Leaders. I love um, it. Do you ever feel like you're not worthy to be, to live this kind of life? Like, what makes you different from every other, like, Tom and Jerry that's trying out the whole entrepreneur route? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think... A lot of the time I've, I've thought about it like over, over a long time, just, I didn't really think I was anything special. 
I think one thing with me is I really focus on results. So mm. um, I had a time where I, I was sort of doubting myself if, you know, if entrepreneurship was for me or anything. There was actually a time I'll, do you want me to tell a story? Heck yeah. Uh, so it was, um, I finished school. So I went to school um, with my one of my best mates. We went, we've been in the same class for like four or five years. His name's Fry. Yeah. Um, and I left school in year 10 to do online study and uh, travel uh, travel Australia and do tennis, try to become a professional tennis player while I was doing, you know, business entrepreneurship on the side. But um, I met up with my friend Farai, like while he was in year 12. So it would have been two years after I left the same school. Um, and we we're just catching up and we we're like talking about our classmates and everything and where everyone's at. And um, one of our classmates, one of our mates, He's like, oh, he was telling me about him. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's left year 12 and now he's doing a, a trade. And he's like, he's really grinding it out and he's making so much money a week. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. And he was saying, he's like, my friend Fry said, oh, yeah, I met up with him. And like, he showed me his bank account. He had $15,000 in there. Crazy. And, you know, for like 18, 17, 18 year old at the time, I was like, well, that's crazy. Like, oh, my God. And, um, it was like as much as bad as it was i saw that and i was like damn fifteen thousand. like i've been trying for so long like trying to be an entrepreneur trying to tell everyone yeah i'm gonna have businesses i'm gonna be successful and i didn't have much to show for it you know what i mean and at that time as well i didn't really know what my passion was what my calling is or, or whatnot um and yeah i just sort of went through a bit of a stage of just doubting myself like you know just really for me um but eventually you know i, I just Picked myself up and kept going and um yeah i think mm. you've i don't know if you realize but i'm already realizing you've you changed the mindset so you went from comparing yourself and it, it, it hit you a lot because you saw mm. oh this kid's got 15 grand and as you said at that age that's a lot of money yeah 100 percent. but now you started to realize as we said at the beginning of the talk chat we've had you said this journey's for you mm. and you really started grinding out the life for yourself yeah so you, you started realizing you weren't competing against anyone else. You're only competing against yourself to do better every day. Yeah. It comes back to the goals you said, like you started realigning yourself. Now it's become you versus you. So yeah, you versus that's some it. bloke getting 15K, you know what I mean? 100%, yeah. Like I think that um, one mistake I made early on, like you said, was just comparing myself to others. Mm. I'd be like, and I think maybe it went, comes back to my like, competitive nature. I like to play sports, you know, back in school. I like to beat everyone, mm. be the best. It's not a bad thing. It's not yeah. a bad thing because yeah. it can push you, you know, yeah. it can... It, can equal hard work yeah but um when you compare yourself to others too much it becomes a bad thing you start to oh this person did this and i'm not even doing this this person did this so yeah i think i just had to really think about me you know notice everyone's got a different journey everyone's got a different pace yeah um and you know just stick to your own path work on yourself keep believing in yourself um yeah i don't really look at it or anything like that because i just focus on my yeah, everyone's seasons are different. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. As you said, he, he went through a different season that you did. Mm. But that season taught you to, to be who you are now. Yeah. It got you here. For sure. Yeah. Simple question. What drives you? What drives you every day to wake up? Mm. On those days, you, you know how we have those days where we just lay around and we wake up and like, damn, another, yeah. another day. What mm. makes you... What drives you? Um... I think it goes back to my life goal, which is, uh, you know, wanting to achieve freedom, wanting to be my own boss. Mm. But just like everyone, like I struggled a lot with, uh, I guess, being lazy, just 
sleeping in sometimes, yeah. um, knowing I have things to do, not doing it. Uh, I don't know. I really looked at myself. This also came into a little bit of doubt, but I tried to fix it, you know, earlier this year. I just looked at myself. I was like, damn, like I have a list of things I want to do today. I just can't get it done. I'm like so unmotivated. Uh, I had to sort of realign myself with my goals, you know, remind myself that I have a reason or why mm. of what I want to do and why I should push myself through these hard times. Um, and yeah, you know, I think I was talking to Mira about it the other day or like not the other day, maybe a couple months ago. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> COVID. A couple months ago. Um, and he was telling me about like, you know, it's all about routines and getting your routines in order, planning your days out. And I think that's really helped me get back on track and push me to, you know, create habits so that when I wake up, it's just automatic what I do, you know, go shower, go eat breakfast, get ready to work. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's habits, they, they switch you on when you, when you least expect it. 100%. Yeah. yeah. They push you through those days you don't even want to work. Yeah. I know another big thing's happened to you this week. You've started purchasing house, was it? Yes. Are you in the process of purchasing a house? I'm in the process, yes. I'm in the process of um, actually getting my pre-approval for a house. At 22. 22? Yes, that's right. 22 years old. That's yeah. crazy. Investment right? property. Yeah. Investment property. But um, yeah, so I'm in the process and I'm learning so much. So much about mortgages, loans, money, finances, what the mm. bank looks for and all of that. Having to have my own broker, accountant. Um, but yeah, it's great. Uh just been looking at a few different houses and hopefully I can get my pre-approval soon mm. and then purchase the house within you know a month, two months. That's crazy. It's so pretty exciting, yeah. Yeah. I know you've done the same search most other people have done when it comes to finding an investment property. Mm. Um, for the viewers listening, I'm sure they're wondering, what kind of investment property should we be looking at? Mm. I mean, it's my first one, so I don't want to, you know, I'm no From guru. I'm yeah. no guru or anything, but... From my experience and also from some people I've like talked to and learned from. Mm. I have one guy that I consider my mentor. He's, um, you know, he's a young guy, lives in Melbourne. He's just like, got, I think, 20 properties. 20. Yeah, 20 investment properties. Yeah. It's about 28, I think 28 years. Um, and yeah, so he's been helping me, been teaching me what to look for, what places to go for and things like that. Um, and I think it comes down to looking for the right property like looking at the right areas location a lot of people want to go to the big cities queensland melbourne yeah. sydney but i feel like there's still a lot of gems out there like you know maybe Tas tasmania hobart perth different places like that little regional areas where there's still yet to explode in growth mm. um, so that's where i'm looking i'm looking at regional places a bit further out from the um city um places that are still relatively cheap um and yeah they can give you like positive cash flow and yeah grow over time it's pretty crazy mm. let's keep on the track of investments um what other investment universes have you dabbled in because i know we talk a lot about nfts yeah <laughs> nfts um why would anyone want to own an nft could you explain it oh man nfts are crazy um even myself i've just recently got into nfts it's such a crazy space um but there's such a big opportunity out there. I yeah. mean, you can see it nowadays. It's starting to take over like media. It's in the news. It's in the papers, you mm. know, 
a pixel a jpeg sold for two million dollars or whatnot <laughs> art yeah it's crazy <laughs> i first was looking at it like wow what is this um yeah nfts is it's really like an online digital asset uh like an art picture or an art or a token that has a utility um and yeah it's the value just comes from whatever someone's willing to pay for it i guess the demand and the supply yeah but yeah nfts um a lot of hype behind a lot of it right now yeah it's crazy so many i think Fun basketball players everyone. yeah big big celebrities influencers they're all getting into it mm. um that's what creates a marketplace it's yeah i feel like it's sort of like bitcoin when it was 20 cents yeah you know it's just starting yeah uh, there's a great opportunity for people to get into it and invest into it. Mm. Uh, but there's also a lot of risk. So you got to be careful. A lot, especially early on, even with the stage of Bitcoin. It 100%. Where do you see the future of NFTs? Where, where, where could you see NFTs in the future? Um, I think NFTs are going to start to adopt into like the real world in terms of real items uh, can be portrayed as NFTs. For instance, like some people say, in the future, we could be looking at if you wanted to sell your house, you have a NFT to represent your house. Yeah. And rather than going through traditional ways of like, you know, you have to find a real estate agent and they list it and you pay commission, all that stuff. It'd be so easy if you could just list your house token mm. uh, on the marketplace and then someone buys it. You transfer the money within seconds and then they own the house, you know, as yeah. simple as that. But obviously there's so many regulations and whatnot, but that could be the future. We never know. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of usages for NFTs, like concert tickets, uh, seminars, just being as NFTs instead of virtual, I mean, instead of physical tickets and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Once a, I guess once they surpass the whole like online realm, they pretty much switch over into the physical realm. We're going to see a huge growth. Yeah. It's pretty crazy yeah. as well because no one knows. Yeah. That's the thing. You don't know. Um, mm. I think the only thing that is true or that we do know at the moment is that there's a lot of hype behind it and um, yeah. a lot of money in it, a lot of like rich people, big whales. Big whales. Big, big, big buying, crypto whales. Yeah. yeah. They're playing with the market, which can be good for the small fish in the sea to make you a little bit of dough here and there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know you made a bit of money from them, right? Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Um yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like one thing I invested in, like a NFT I bought, um, you know, I bought it. And then a couple of days later, Gary v tweeted about it and the price shot up, you know, no normal, way. yeah. Like normal investments, you'd be looking at good returns as like, oh, you know, seven, like average 7% a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like high interest. Yeah, seven percent, that's good house. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the ETF right there, yeah. But like imagine 100 or 200% in like, a day or two of your investment yeah that's like the re returns you can make on nfts people have made times two times ten times five mm. times i've seen like times 20 on their money um just because an influencer has tweeted about it, Shared it out, yeah, yeah exactly but at the same time i've seen nfts go from a, th a few thousand dollars and drop to like 10 bucks yeah so yeah. it's very it's very volatile very dangerous um so you just really need to educa educate yourself on mm. the market and be familiar with everything. Yeah. Yeah. As I, I should have said this before, but none of this is obviously a professional financial advice or experiences. No, 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope someone could like pick up something from one of those. Um, 
What advice would you give to someone just like getting into the whole hype of the NFT universe right now? Um, I would say to them 100%, don't invest anything that you're not willing to lose. So it's very, very easy to lose your money. I started with um, $500 and in the first week I lost like $400 of it just going into different ones that I didn't know anything about. Um, I'd say do your research, really research what NFTs you're going to be investing in. Make sure they actually have a, like a bit of value behind it, whether it be like utility or, or someone famous has made it. Just make sure the NFT that you're going to invest in is, is something you can potentially like resell for more. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely don't invest any money you're not willing to, to lose. Facts, yeah. Mm. Similar to gambling and anything else. Like Any kind of investment, you should be ready for it to go yeah. down for it potentially if it does go back up. 100%. A lot yeah. of people have, uh, a lot of people have called like NFTs gambling. In yeah. a sense, it's, it's, it's just a tad above gambling. It's like educated gambling. Do you know yes. what I mean? You yeah. can only give yourself the best opportunity. Like yeah, yeah, the best yeah. chance to hit the right one, hit the mm. right investment. Um, but yeah, in saying that, there's a lot of upside. You know what I mean? It gives a lot of people who are just normal people working nine to fives who have been working all their lives. It gives them the chance to make life-changing money and change people's lives. I've seen um, a lot of people like young kids, 19, 20, 21, even younger, make like 50,000 in one week. I saw a kid make 200K from a JPEG. Yeah, it's it's insane. (laughs) It's insane. I've seen, yeah, so many people just make 20K, 50K, 100K. Um, but there's obviously that big risk at first. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I'd definitely say if you are going to go into it, um, start slow, research everything, don't invest too much. Um, and then when you're in profit, take your profits take along the way. 100%, yeah. Mm. And one thing I've learned, kind of I'll double a little bit on it, <laughs> um, do your own research. Yes, that's a big thing. <laughs> no matter how many other NFT professionals you see online, None of them can read the market. 100%. That's, you never know who, if Gary Vee is going to tweet your next NFT, you know what I mean? You, yeah. never, you never know. Yeah, no, you're right there. Everyone um, everyone has an opinion, but at the end of the day, it's just an opinion. No one can tell exactly. what NFT is going to be, what they're going to go to. I think NFTs in themselves are just so volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, in a couple of hours, I've had ones drop thousands of dollars, go up thousands of dollars. You can, you, no one can tell. So if anyone says they can tell, they can tell what's going to happen or they can tell the market. Straight cap. Yeah, that's cap. <laughs> uh, have you heard, of, do you know much about ETFs? Have you dabbled in the realm of ETFs? ETFs. Uh, not really. I've heard about them. Mm. Uh, it's something I do want to invest in. Um, like index funds, mutual funds. Yeah. yeah. Especially uh, ones with dividends. Yeah. I feel like that's a big thing. I just feel like those type of things, you need a big amount of money to see some good returns. Yeah. So for me, I'd rather, I'd rather risk five or 10K in a business or in something that's a bit more volatile that I can see immediate return, or not immediate returns, but see bigger potential gains. Mm. Um, but definitely like as I'm on this journey to build my wealth, I do want to go and invest in, you know, EFTs, more stable investments like property, mm. Uh, EFTs, all that things. Yeah. Mm. Since you ca- uh, you have multiple sources of revenue coming in, how, how do you manage money? How do you balance your money in terms of saving, spending, mm. investing, NFTs? Yeah. You've got a missus as well. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how you manage 
all these tell me how you manage your money mm. so i just for me it's just budgeting i've really been really strict with myself i'm sure most of my most of you guys would know like i don't really go out that much mm. you know i'll spend money when we go out too much or i don't buy clothes for myself that much or shoes it's just a sacrifice i've had to make along the way yeah i've probably done it a bit too extreme you know i mean i still got shoes and clothes from two years ago <laughs> three four years ago but um yeah no, so for me, it's just working, you know, saving my money. Whenever I got my paycheck, I'd put like 70% into my savings, 30% into, you know, what I can spend. Um, yeah, for instance, if I got like $500 in one week from a job, I'd put, I'd figure out my daily expenses, my petrol, plus my food, um, and then maybe like 20, 30, 40 bucks to spend throughout the week if I want takeaway, something like that. So let's say you've got, say you got the five hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, you've put seventy percent aside. You've got thirty percent spending. Which part of that goes towards investing into like all the high growth type type of investments, like NFTs okay. and whatnot? So for me, this is this is pretty much my setup. I have my savings account, my excess savings, and then my everyday spender. So if I get five hundred dollars, I'll put like half of it straight away into my long term savings which is for things like big, big investments, like property, house, yeah, yeah house, um, you know, yeah, that's probably, that's probably the one thing that I just saved up for the big savings was for a house. So half of it instantly goes into there. Then I'll take maybe like a hundred bucks and put into excess savings. And that's just sort of like an emergency fund. And once that builds up, if I ever want to get a big purchase or a big birthday gift for someone, I take it out of excess savings. Um, and then the rest is in my daily expenses. Um, and that's literally what I did for like the two years I was working at Coles. I was just work, 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 save. And then from that, um, I, I built up, you know, pretty much enough for a house deposit. Um, but I also in the background had my business, which, you know, from my excess savings, I took maybe like 500 bucks to just risk it and started doing the sneaker selling and all of that. And then that just grew on the side as well. Mm. So I was budgeting from my job at Coles and then I was also trying to turn that $500 with my sneaker reselling um, and just grow that. And that went up really big. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool to see. Yeah. Because when we started, as you said, with the whole Gumtree thing, but yeah. it went from flipping pre-owned items to flipping newly owned shoes. Yeah, 100%. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, one thing I've learned as well is to like a big, there's a big opportunity to make money with things people are already buying. Mm. So for instance, when I was doing my own clothing brand, it was a lot harder to sell products to the public because no one's heard of like Trilogy Streetwear. No one's heard of the clothes I was making. Yeah. There was no real demand for it. So instead, when I started doing my sneaker store, you didn't, you don't really need to market or you don't really need to convince people to buy it or anything like that because it's a product that's already hot. It's a product people already want. The hype's there. Yeah, so yeah. it just made it so much easier. And I think that's why one thing I realized is I just love buying and selling, flipping things, buy low, sell high, you know, repeat and just, yeah, keep building up the, uh, the cash. Let's hop up to our last segment. Um, so Nelson, um, this segment we've added just for you today. In 60 seconds or less, I'm going to ask you two questions. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Question one. If you could invite three people over for dinner, dead or alive, who would it be and why? 
Ooh, um, three people. I think number one would be my granddad. He's uh, passed away, but I've always wanted to beat him. My dad talks of him. He was also a business owner, did his own thing. So I'd love to talk to him, get to know him, see his views on life. Um, number two would be Tony Robbins. He's a big role model of mine. Just knows so much about about business and about life in general and building wealth and yeah, just everything. Um, I'd love to learn off that guy. And then Conor McGregor would be number three. You know, the entertainer. I love his ways, but I love even more his um, mentality and his work ethic. And I feel like I could learn a lot from him and just yeah, be definitely be an entertaining talk. Nice. Question two. What advice would you give to your younger self? Um, younger self, I would say just go out and try different things. You know, for a long time, I didn't know what my passion was um, in life. I struggled trying to find it, but I just had to go out and try different things. And eventually I like did a lot of things, found out I didn't like it. I wasn't good at it. I just eventually found what was right for me. Um, and yes, yeah, so I would say just try a lot of things and then also take risks because you never know how far they can get you. Yeah. Nice. That, nice. That's good. That's really, really good. Conor McGregor one was good. <laughs> um, one of the people you mentioned for dinner, your granddad, um, that's pretty cool hearing that. It's mm. been, you talk about generational wealth, but it's also a generational change. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your granddad did something that changed your dad. 100%. And your dad did something that changed you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you could be doing something that's going to potentially change your kids. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that's why my dad's probably my biggest role model. He's, um, he's given me the opportunities in life to, you know, risk, uh, risk certain things, have the comfort to, if I fail, I still got a house to live under, I still got food. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's put me, oh, both my parents actually put me in a position where I can just risk it all, you know? I have nothing to lose and that's really given me uh, a great advantage in life yeah. and it's really given me the success that I've had today. Yeah. So I owe it to them. So they've not only provided you financial freedom, they've also provided you with um, a space to be mentally free. You mm. know what I mean? You're yeah. free to make those risks. Yeah. Not just because you're going to lose money but because you know you've got a foundation to fall on. But then you're also passing that on to your kids where you can say, it's not that I have money for you to say to your kids. Mm. It's that they see the change that you've made. Yeah, you know 100%. I mean? um, yeah, I think as well a big thing was because my dad is African. Yeah, A lot of African dads, uh, you know, would say, oh, you have to finish year 12. You have to mm. get your VCE, you know. You have to become a doctor or whatever, an accountant, whatever. But my dad didn't, you know. He, for some reason, uh, maybe because it's, he's got his own business, but he saw something and said, you know, you know, I'm going to trust my son. I'm going to give him the opportunity he wants to not finish school and to mm. go pursue his dream. At the time it was tennis. Yep. Um, and then that led me on to, you know, focusing back onto my roots, which was business. Mm. And now after all the success today, like that I'm starting to achieve now, I think he, he's made the right decision. And yeah, I really appreciate that from my dad. Yeah. Mm. I think he realized and trusted himself that he trusted in the way he raised you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like the one thing that scares a lot of parents is they can't trust their kids because I don't feel like they trust the way they've even raised their kids. Mm. But it it seems like your parents have trusted what they put out for you 
mm. the new that you'd you'd eventually fall back on the right path. Yeah, and I think it also comes to how he was mm. he was brought up. Um, my dad, like he he left his home at like seventeen to go travel to like Brazil and then Turkey and Greece. Mm. Yeah, and he was really out there trying to push hustling on the streets you know that type of thing yeah so i think through his experiences he's realized that you know going to uni or getting a degree doesn't have to be the only way like it's, it's not for not everyone way, yeah. Yeah. yeah i think it's it's great it comes to you know unqualified leaders you know facts a lot of people would say oh you know you have to be smart or you have to have a degree or you have to finish school to go on and be great things in this world mm. but when it comes down to it like a lot of the great entrepreneurs or business people or people that have made change in the world never finished year 12 you know they I mean? never got a exactly. degree exactly um at the same time there are people that do get degrees so there's nothing against it but yeah no one should ever feel like they need to have a degree or need to have a certain education mm. uh to achieve great things in life i think i think that was a good chat i appreciate you coming on today nelson good for having you on our second episode of the UQL podcast and we'll see you guys next time.